July 3rd, 2022, in Sanhedrin, if you count down in the wide lines, it's the fourth line down, the first word on the line. The only connection between these few lines and the earlier Gemara is the rabbis who are interpreting this pasuk. They're the same rabbis that we had mentioned in those Gemarot with regards to Berkat Levana. The Gemara begins with a pasuk. It's a pasuk from Mishle. The pasuk says, Ki You'll wage war betahbulot. Generally speaking, tahbulot would be a reference to wisdom or conniving, sly way of attacking. And in context, the pasuk in Mishle, which of course is uh, giving advice to a person for how to overcome their urges and have an appropriate uh, path through life, is stating you can't just be wise in your pathway. You need to be sly. You need to have plans as a result of the dangers that lie up ahead. However, the Gemara, instead of being Doresh, this pasuk, in its simple interpretation, tahbulot, being a reference to sly planning, it instead reads it as lashon havilot. Havilot means a package. Therefore, says the Gemara, Amar Rav'aha Bar Hanina, instead of as well, the Milchama being an internal war with yourself and your urges, it's a fight of war. Amar Rav'aha Bar Hanina, Amar Rabbi'ase, Amar Rabbi'ohanan, Bemi Atamose, Milhamta shel Torah. By whom do you find the war of Torah? Very often the Chachamim will refer to uh, this back and forth, the battle that we find in Talmud, the Zeomer Asur, Zeomer Mutar, Zeomer Kasher, Zeomer Pasul, that's Milhamta shel Torah. They fight with one another. The Gemara Masechet Kiddushin describes it as being a fight between one and the other until they walk out peaceful, almost holding Instead hands mahlok, and yeah. embracing. Instead of Mahloket, they make it, give an imagery of a war, Milhamta shel Torah. So uh, by whom do you find, so to speak, the victory in the war of Torah? Bemishiyesh biado havilo Shel Mishnah. It's a person who has the packages of Mishnah. Meaning, in short, the message of the Gemara is people sometimes believe, I'll just have wisdom. I'll enter into the conversation of halakha, the determination of what this pasuk in the Torah means, with my wisdom. I have a general wisdom. I'm a smart guy. If you enter into it in such a fashion without havilot shel mishnah, meaning the prepackaged knowledge of having learned, of having known, of having attained and achieved uh, encyclopedic knowledge, well, then you're not really going to win the debate. We know this outside of Torah as well. You can get into a logical debate with a person, but if they're bringing you evidence, empirical evidence, you're not going to be able to nine times, 99 times out of 100 win uh, without uh, having actual concrete evidence. Kare Rav Yosef Anafsheh, the Gemara says Rav Yosef said about himself, Rav Tivuot Bekoah Shor. This pasuk doesn't seem to have any relevance to us. What's it? Rav Tivuot, much grain, Tivuot, like grain of sorts, Bekoah Shor, for the strength of a ox. What does that have to do? And what's, what's his derasha? Well, uh, Tosafot explains it in the following way. The Gemara at the end of Masechet Horayot compares Rav Yosef and Rabat. It says that Rav Yosef was a Sinai. His approach, as opposed to being an Oker Harim to studying Torah, was not his sharp side as much as his knowledge, his breadth of knowledge. They call that Sinai, like the expanse of the desert. So Rav Yosef was renowned. He was known for the fact that he knew a lot. He was the Sinai personality. That's stage number one to our understanding this. As a result, we can understand him as being the one who has Havilochil Mishnah, right? He's the one who has that knowledge. Now the Gemara over there, when it compares what's greater, to be a Sinai or to be a Okir Harim, the Gemara says Sinai is greater. Why is Sinai greater, says the Gemara? Because everybody needs the provider of grain. 
That's the reference in the Gemara. In other words, if you're gonna, you can make the most beautiful and delicious cakes and bread and be the best artisan um, cook or chef or, or baker, but if you don't have the raw materi- materials, you're not able to begin. As a result, says the Gemara, the Sinai is Adit. So already in the Pasuk, Rav Tivuot, that it's a reference to Tivuah, that's already a reference to the knowledge, the breadth of knowledge. What's Bekoah Shor? So Tosafot furthermore explains that by Yosef, the Beracha is Bechor Shoro Hadar Lovekarner Im Karnav. And as a result, that's like a veiled reference to Yosef. And so Rav Yosef, as a result, made a derasha in this pasuk in Mishle about himself. The koach shor, the strength of the shor, of the one who's represented by the ox, meaning Yosef, is with the bounty of tevuah, of the grain. So in short, what the Gemara is teaching us from this pasuk, and the reason the Gemara mentions it specifically because of the names of the rabbis associated with it, is if you're interested in being taken seriously in any context, but specifically milham Torah, make certain that you have the Havilot, the Tahbulot of Mishnah. You've already spent time understanding, knowing, and developing a well-rounded, not just a sharp perspective. Okay, the Gemara moves onward and returns to the Mishnah. And if you recall, this Mishnah that we've been dealing with describes the procedure in the Beit Din. And it described how if there's two witnesses and they have two different times during the day, if it's a small discrepancy, one says in the second hour of the day and the other one says in the third hour of the day, the Mishnah says we'll still accept both of those witnesses. We assume it's a discrepancy, especially before you had watches, especially before it was easy to tell the time. Okay, we say that's not such a discrepancy to say that they're actually not linked one with the other. Amarav shimi bar loshanu el Specifically, when the Mishnah says you could have a small discrepancy and we'll still accept them as kosher witnesses, as edim k'sherim, it's if you're dealing with a discrepancy with, return, with regards to the hour of the day. Aval, however, however, if one says it was before sunrise, and the other one says it was after sunrise, nah, we don't accept that. We throw it out. So it's gemara peshita. That's simple. Oh, it's between second hour and third hour of the day. What's the difference? It's a little bit more humid in the third hour than the second. Let's talk about summer at days. Maybe it's a little bit more lighter in the winter. Whatever the circumstance is, but between before and after sunrise, peshita. I mean, you didn't need to tell me that that's a discrepancy that throws it out. Ela, rather, perhaps this is what Rav Shimi Bar Ashe actually said. Echadomer kodem henetz veechadomer betoch henetz. A discrepancy is one that says, one of the witnesses says, this took place, this murder, this uh, robbery, whatever they're testifying about, before Hama, before the, the rise, uh, rising of the sun. The other one says it was during the rise of the sun. Says the Gemara, Haname Peshita, that's still simple. One sees rays of, of, of light and sees the sunrise, and one is before. So it's not afterwards, it's not as shining. But still, you would, you would say that's a discrepancy. Says the Gemara, no, you would have thought perhaps if one's saying before and one's saying during, that maybe they're actually testifying about the same time. What are you talking about? No, camping. Says the Gemara, maybe you would have said, Habigiluya ka'e vizaharure be'almahu dehaza kamashma'lan. Says Gemara, perhaps you would have said and should have attributed this discrepancy to the fact that the one who's testifying about it being during Hinetzahama, during sunrise, not actually during sunrise. No, he saw the sunrise. No. He was out in an exposed area, Bigiluya. There's no walls around him. There's nothing obscuring his vision. He looks out at the horizon and he sees. He sees some light. He says, ah, that's Hinetzahama. That's not really Hinetzahama. That's the first 
flashes of light. If you've ever watched, and I suggested if you haven't, if you ever watched Sunrise, you'll see there's a light, there's even glimpses of it before the actual Hineta Hama. As a result, this guy who's unobscured, there's no walls around him, he thinks it's Hineta Hama, but it's really not. He's just unobscured. The person with the walls around him doesn't even see those glimpses, and that's why he says it's Kodem Hineta Hama. And as a result, maybe that's the circumstance, and as a result, we should attribute this to a small discrepancy. They're actually testifying the same thing. And the Hidushes, we would throw that out and assume it's actually not one testimony. Continues the Gemara, and it says, If you recall, the Mishnah described if there's one of those um, students, they had students in the Sanhedrin in the Betin of 23, three rows in front of them of students. And if one of the students says, I have a reason, I have a way to be Milamed Zechut, to find a way to let this guy off the case. In other words, he's not liable. He's not a murderer. He, does, he didn't rob, whatever the circumstance. We bring him onto the Betin says the Gemara, and we include him. The, the Mishnah specifically said, Oto hayom. You would put him on the tribunal, call it, that day. Says the Gemara, Oto hayom Just that day? Not beyond that day? It was just the day when he said, oh, I have a reason. So you put him, and then he sits amongst all the big guys, the grown-ups, quote-unquote, with the Dayanim, and then you say, all right, now find your seat amongst the students. Doesn't the Beraita say, So doesn't the Beraita say, well, it goes like this, if there's Mamash Bidvarav, if they listen to what he has to say in order to be Melamed Zechut for the Nidon, and it's good, Mamash, there's substance to what he's claiming. Oh, that, oh, that's a great point. We keep him there. When we say we keep him there eternally, le'olam, we don't mean le'olam eternally, mamash. We mean, because then you have 24 dayanim. We mean for this case. Um, if he doesn't have mamash, if we listen to him and say, oh, that's cute, but that's not really helping us over here, then we leave him on the tribunal that day. We leave him sitting amongst the dayanim for that day, and then you have him descend and go sit amongst the students. Why do you leave him for that day? The Beraita says the reason is, so it won't be an embarrassment. So his aliyah won't be a yerida, meaning he's up there and then you're knocking him down. It's embarrassing for him. He'll never want to prefer his, uh, his opinion. He'll never be sitting there any longer. Well, that being the case, our understanding is when the Mishnah told us that you bring this Talmud to be a part of the Dayanim for that day. It's in all circumstances. It's not so. If he's melamed sechutim, yesh mamash bidvarav, you keep him there. Says the Gemara, okay, amara bayet tirgema aim en mamash bidvarav. The Mishnah must have been talking about when it says specifically that day, you keep the student amongst the Dayanim. It's when he didn't have mamash bidvarav. If he had mamash bidvarav, indeed, it's not only oto hayom. All right, so we've therefore settled the next few lines of the Mishnah. We first dealt with the discrepancy of the, the witnesses. Now we dealt with the student who has the limud zechut, or the potential limud zechut. Matzeulo zechut vechule. If you recall, the Mishnah described how if they weren't motze zechut, if they were unable to really come to a conclusion, there's somewhat of a standstill, we would have them go back home and they would abstain from eating uh, a lot, and they wouldn't drink any wine. Says the Gemara, why not drink any wine? Why aren't they drinking any wine? It's because of this Pasuk. It's Pasuk in Mishle. The Pasuk says, excuse me, it's not Pasuk in Mishle. It's Pasuk, yes, it's Pasuk in Mishle. And the Pasuk in Mishle says, 
ולרוזנים, רוזנים, אה שחר. אה שחר is an understanding of no שחר, no intoxicating beverages. This is in the context, it's a midrash, and Rashi cites it in Sefer Mishle. Rabbinically, traditionally, we understand this as the rebuke of the mother of Shilomo to him. Of course, on the day of the consecration of the Mikdash, the midrash has it, that he got married to the daughter of Paro, and he partied all night with instruments and with drinking, and as a result, on the actual day of Hanukkah HaMikdash, he overslept a bit, it was the fourth hour in the day, and the keys to the Mikdash were under his pillow, under his head, and as a result, they weren't able to open it early in the morning. So as a result, the Midrash says, his mother turns to him and says to him, Chalas with the wine, the Rosenim, Rosenim then would be translated as those who are rulers. The understanding in our context is, it goes like this, again, who shouldn't be drinking? The Rozenim. Who are the Rozenim? The word Raz means secret. Those who are dealing with the secrets of existence. What secrets of existence? The power to life and death. We're dealing with the Yanim, who are dealing with life and death. No drinking. Stay away from the drinking. drinking they shouldn't be drinking. Go ahead. Wasn't drinking wine back then sort of like their version of drinking water? It's just... Like, shouldn't it be saying, don't get drunk? Obviously, drink like you would, uh, I don't know, they brush their teeth with wine. I'm just so the Gemara that. did, when the Gemara had, and it's, it's uh, in, later in the Masechet, when the Gemara has later in the Masechet, the appropriateness of sometimes, and sometimes they would drink before in order to sharpen their mind even. So there is a certain appropriateness at junctures. But when you're dealing with something that's severe, it's not to the extent that it's like water. In other words, uh, the same way that the Nadav and Avihu, that the Kohanim are not supposed to drink any wine during the time of the service of the Mikdash, but they can handle it. No, 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 but there's certain domains where we stay, stay away from that. Wine was not going to not affect them at all. It would have a certain effect when you're dealing with Dinene Fashot, stay away from that. In fact, that segues into Tosafot's comment. Tosafot points out we're dealing with those who are dealing with the secret of life. Secret of life meaning life and death, says Tosafot. It sounds like on monetary matters, you could drink beforehand. That's in fact what Tosafot suggests. Tosafot quotes a Gemara which seems to contradict it from Masechet Torayot and Daf Yodal, excuse me, not from Masechet Eruvin and Daf Samech Talet, Shatar Vi'it Yain Al Yore. The Gemara seems to say that you can't have any judgment when you had any wine. Tosafot suggests that's not talking about Hora'a uh, of Dinei Mamonot. It's Isur Vehetes. When you deal with specific life and death, Isur Vehetes circumstances, no drinking. If it's Dinei Mamonot, Wait a second, drunk? Of course, you're not intoxicated, but it means then wine would be permitted. All right, that's what the Gemara explains for why wine, wine and uh, shechar is a problem in this context. Says the Gemara onward, Lo ra'u mai. The Gemara, the Mishnah, described how if there was a standstill amongst the 23 witnesses, 12 versus 11, let's say, 12 saying hayav, 11 saying zakai, 12 saying guilty, 11 saying um innocent and you need two in order to make it hayaf, right? So what are you supposed to do? You keep adding on two and two and two and two. And then we said you reached 71 and then they still haven't settled it. We make them duke it out until we figure out a way for him to be Zakai. So I said, come on, wait a second. Lord, oh my. What if you can't find the way? It's literally 36 verses 35, 36 saying hayaf, 35 saying Zakai. You can't figure out a way to win this or to change the case. What's the halakha? There's literally a standstill. You're not going to go above 71, but it's a standstill. Amar Ravaha Potrin Oto. You let him off. Why are you letting him off? The assumption is he has a Hazkat Kashrut. Everyone is innocent until proven guilty. And as a result, since we can't prove him guilty, 
and we the have majority said guilty. Majority said guilty, but we don't have a super majority. You need two you need in a majority. Two. You need to win by two for, for guilty, not for innocence, right? Potrino to vechen, Amar Biohanan, Potrino to so too. Rabbi Yohanan said Potrino to Amadir of Papala Abaye, sort of Papa listening to this and understanding it. When you have a standstill of sorts, you let him go, Vilifteremekara. So then why didn't we just do that from the beginning when it was 12 versus 11? Remember 12 guilty and 11 innocent when you had the Beit of 23? Let him go then. Why did we play this game? Not game, but why did we go through this procedure of adding to and adding to and adding to? Just let it go at that juncture. The reason is so that they shouldn't walk out of Betin when they are confused. Rashi explains that if they walk out of Betin, and again, they let the case go, but the guy's actually guilty. Quote, unquote. There's just not a win by two guiltiness. And she says, it's genayla betin. It looks bad for betin. Betin said, oh, the guy's innocent. He's really, no, not really innocent. The betin, the rabbis just couldn't figure this, get their act together. It doesn't look good. Me'uraf, me'urbaf means it's confused. It makes them look confused. Alternatively, Rabbeinu Hananel, whose commentary is on the bottom of the page in my Gemara, he suggests this looks bad. It's confusing for the person, for the litigant. He walks out and you say, oh, good to see you. How is everything? I heard you were guilty. Guilty? What do you mean? I'm, I'm standing alive. They didn't put me to death. No, 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 but I heard it was just from technicalities. They couldn't go. So we don't want that to be the case. As a result, we'd like to avoid that. We'd like to find an actual innocence. Add to, add to, add to. You got to 71. We're not going to go further than that. Ika de Amre. Oh, there's a different version. Ika means yesh de Amre who said, Amar le Rav Papa le velama li yosifu Liftere mi bedina kama. Excuse me, I, I, I misexplained this. Said, said the Gemara, okay, so, so, two, two stages over here. The, the Gemara's question, the question that I just quoted to you a moment ago is, is over here. Liftere mi bedina kama from the first bedin is a reference to the bedin of 23. Again, so one more time. These words, mi bedina from the bedin kama means the initial bedin. That's asking on the 23, why didn't we stop over there? The initial question when we asked, veniftere mi ikara, is a different question. It's a question of why is it that we, as Rashi explains, when we got up to 71, so Rashi's interpretation is the first question of the Gemara was, when you got to 71, we say we let them duke it out and go home and we try to figure out, no, 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 just end it there. You got up to 36 versus 35, end the case. Don't push it off until the next day. And just let it off then. Now the Gemara says, okay, I get it. The reason over there is because we don't want the person to look guilty. And we don't want the Betin to look confused. Uh, but why didn't we in the first stage then, at 23, do so? Ikadamre, this other version, so again, we should be poter, we should let him off the case. Mi Betin of 23. The response is, averting the question, again, he could have answered, so they don't look me'ubavin. Instead he says, you know someone, something? One of the Tanaim actually holds it. What do you mean one of the Tanaim? You know, one of the Tanaim holds, if it's 12 versus 11, guilty, 12, 11, innocent, end it there. That's not our Mishnah. That's the opinion of Biyoseh. The Tanya, as the Beraita says, Biyoseh Omer, Keshem Shein Mosifin, Abetin Shel Shivim Verhad. Same way you don't add on to Abetin, the Sanhedrin Hagadol of 71. You never add more to them. Kach En Mosifin, Abetin Shel Aisrim Vesholosha. You'll never add on to Abetin of 23. Meaning, if there's a standstill, 12 versus 11, let him free. But wait a second, it's Betin Me'ul Bavin. It's 
We don't go that far. We let him off if there's a standstill. So in short, what the Gemara addressed over here is, number one, case of 71, 36 versus 35, 36 Hayav, 35 Zakai. What's the Halakha? We give them time. We let them try to find Zechut. What if they didn't find Zechut? All right, then you let him off. Says the Gemara, well, just end it over there. 36 versus 35, done. We don't want it to look me'urbav. It looks bad both for the litigant, as, uh, what's his name, as Rabbeinu Hananel suggests, for the Beitin, as Rashi suggests. Um, what about, go ahead. They don't really go into detail of how much quantitatively they have to, is it after a day of arguing? Is it after a back and forth of, you know, five cases and five, five counterproofs? Like, what is, just like if, it's sounds very subjective. Like, try your best, and then if you can't, what is that, like five I, minutes? Is that a week? I, I, you're right. I don't know the answer to that question. I do know we have them engage in dialogue. We have them in conversation. I imagine as long as the conversation continues, uh, we let it go. If, if it becomes stale, I mean, you, you've seen different types of situations. There's sometimes an issue arises and there's talk about it for a week. Sometimes there's talk about it for a day. Sometimes talk about it for five hours. That's, I, I imagine something along those lines. Because how are you going to know Lorau? Because it came stale because nothing developed. But I hear you. They don't objectify it. At least in our Gemara. Tanura banana beraita omer bedine nefashot bedine mamonot nizdaken hadin ve'en omer bedine nefashot nizdaken hadin. So the beraita contrasts dine mamonot financial monetary disputes and issues in betin to dine nefashot life and death. What's the contrast when it comes to Dine Mamonot Omer? We say Nizdakin Hadin, very hard words to translate. The Deen, the, the verdict, the law became old. When it comes to Dine Nefashot, we don't say Nizdakin Hadin, the verdict, the law became old. <laughs> What's, what became old? What are you talking about? My Nizdakin Hadin. What are you referring to when you're talking about it getting old? The judgment, the Deen is old? Ilema, maybe what it means is Kash. Dina, kash, milashon kashish. Kashish means old, quite literally. Rashi explains, zaken din ze, ve'amok, ve'kashe, ve'sarich lamtin bo. It means it's so old, it's so wise, it's so deep, you can't understand it. When it comes, says the Beraitate Dine Mamonot, we'll stall it, we'll stop and we'll say this is too hard. It's too wise, this case. We can't figure this one out. When it comes to Dinei Nefashot, we won't say it. Really? I thought our Mishnah was teaching us the opposite. Our Mishnah was telling us that when it comes to Dinei Nefashot, we're so nervous about the verdict, we'll say if we're uncertain, stop it and let the guy off. Says the Gemara, Yibchami ba'ayale. The opposite should be true. We should say, by Dinei Nefashot, Nizdakin Adin. If the interpretation to Nizdakin Adin is, it's too difficult and therefore we'll let it end, that's by Dinei Nefashot, Dinei Mamonot. I understand there's money on the line, but you should try to solve this case. We don't want sofkim, we want poskim. Amar, says the Gemara, Amar Avhuna Bar Manoch Mishemed Rav Habered Rav Ika Epuch. The answer of these Emoraim is, indeed, flip it. What do you mean, flip it? Nizdakin Haddin will say, by Dinen Fashot. Dinen Fashot, unlike what the Beraita said to us, we're flipping the Beraita. We're saying, by Dinen Fashot, by life and death circumstances, you're uncertain the law, 36 verses 35, Chalas Patur. No, no, no. Just finish this case. It's too deep for you. Figure it out. That's the first approach to the Gemara. Alternatively, the Gemara will say, let's keep the Beraita as it is. Instead, interpret the words differently. What does Nistakin Haddin mean? We've been explaining it as depth because it's old. You don't know. Says the Gemara, Don't flip 
דיני נפשות ודיני ממונות, and say דיני נפשות נזדקן הדין, excuse me, דיני ממונות נזדקן הדין, דיני נפשות לא נזדקן. ומה נזדקן הדין? What does it mean? It rather means חכם דינה. What does חכם דינה mean? Rashi explains, יפה העמדתנו על בוריאב, ואין אחד ממנו צריך להפך ולדקדק בו. Says Rashi, the difference is whether we say we were smart, we were wise in this. No reason to reopen the case. No purpose in re-examining and questioning. Right? If I say nizdaken, I'm talking about wisdom. Either the case is too wise, or we were wise enough with our decision. When it comes to dinene fashot, we don't say we were wise enough in our decision. Why not? Because maybe you could find a way to make this guy patur. Maybe you could find a way to make him zakai. In Dine Mamonot, you said he's hayav, he has to pay money. Chalas, that was your decision. That was hacham dina. You were smart. We kept it now. We said by Dine Mamonot, you say hacham dina. You say nizdakena din. By Dine Nefashot, you do not. Says the Gemara Metiveh. We have a question on that interpretation. Again, that by Dine Nefashot, you would question it. You'd open the case to claims afterwards. By Dine Mamonot, you would not. Gadol shebedayanim omer nizdaken hadin. The halacha says the Beraita is who gets to say that this case is nizdakin. Again, we don't know what those words mean. Let's assume it means we got this right. The Gadosh B'dayanim says that. What's the Gadosh B'dayanim? The greatest, the most, the highest stature individual amongst these Dayanim. He's the one who makes that determination. If you're to tell me our second interpretation, what does it mean? We got it right. When do we say that? That's why you have the wisest, highest stature. No, words, if I will come into the Knis and I want to get across a point, this is the Halacha. Who am I going to have say it? Me or the wise rabbi? The wise rabbi, he gets across the point. We got this right. If you're going to tell me alternatively that nizdakin hadin means we're not really sure about this, we have to close this case, you can give it to the wise rabbi? Ya haram, It's embarrassing. Ela, amarta kash dina. If you're to tell me alternatively the explanation to nizdakin hadin means it's too difficult for us. La sagyad la margadol kasuvehu dekamichsif. It's not, you're going to have this individual be mechasef, kisufa, refers to embarrassment. You're going to embarrass him? It's not enough that he didn't know the halakha. You're not going to embarrass him by making him be the one who tells everyone we don't know the law and it's too much for us? Says the Gemara, yeah, actually maybe it is appropriate for him to be the one. Why is it appropriate for him to be the one? But the lower level Dayan. In, says the Gemara, indeed it's so, It's better for the wisest one to say, I'm uncertain, we're uncertain of the law, than one of the lower level people say, you know something, we're uncertain. Everyone says, oh, you're uncertain. He's the one who's saying it. He's the one who's embarrassing you. It's always, and I think we know this from life, easier for you to bring the embarrassment upon yourself, to admit to doing something wrong, than having someone else point it out. When you're the one who says, you know something, guys, I made a mistake in the interpretation of the Gemara, as opposed to in the class, someone asked you the question. It's a lot more, I'm telling you from experience, a lot more embarrassing when someone points out a mistake I made than when I made it myself. As a result, 
result, says the Gemara, we could explain this Beraita both in Hacham Dina and in Kash Dina. Again, we're all, this whole context over here is trying to figure out what those words Nizdakin Hadin mean. Says the Gemara, Ikadamre. Alternatively, a different version, Iamarta, same, same Beraita, and we have a different question from it. Again, what the Beraita say that the Gadol Shebedayanim is the one who says this case got quote unquote old, and we don't know what those words mean. Iamarta Bishlama Kash Dina. Going in the opposite direction over here. Now, if you're to tell me that what does it mean is that kin hadin it means we don't know the law now I understand why the gadol shabbatayanim says what as we just said a moment ago it's better for the wisest of the group to make that statement because for him there's less embarrassment if he makes the statement than of someone else. Alternatively, if you're going to say it's because what Nizdakin Adin, the other interpretation we had in the Gemara, means we've got this right, no reason to listen any longer. You want the wisest person acting haughty, touching on pride? Doesn't the Pasuk say you're not supposed to do that? Doesn't Pasuk say Yehalel Chazar Velopicha? Nochri ve'al sefatecha. The pasuk says that a zar, a stranger, another person should be mahalil, should say your greatness. You shouldn't say it about yourself. You're telling me you want the wisest guy to get up, the greatest of the dayanim, say, gentlemen, we have figured this out. There's no more room for discussion. Ah, haughtiness. Let someone else say it. Answers the Gemara. Yes, generally speaking, you shouldn't take pride. Generally speaking, it's better to keep your mouth shut. Be confident with your opinion, but don't proclaim it. However, here with Betin. Shanem iltad Betina, de agadol ramya. When it comes to Betin, specifically, the greatest one should be speaking because the greatest one, it's his responsibility. Everyone will look to him as the responsible one for this Betin. And I think we know this from experience. The chief rabbi of a community, of a nation, the president, the prime minister, they're the one everyone turns. So as a result, when there's a claim, it's not haughtiness, it's their response. Everyone says it was appropriate. I've, from experience, I had this in synagogue where I felt it was appropriate for someone else. And I said, but no, but I, said, but I wasn't involved in this. But you're the one who everyone assumes it's residing upon this responsibility. It should be your statement, whether it's Lishvah or Lignai. How do you know that the Gadol Shabbatayanim, it's upon him that the, the procedures and the uh, and the rightfulness of the Betin is, 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 is uh, on his head, Kiditnan, as the Mishnah says, Gamru et HaTavar, when they finish the case, what would end up happening is you brought in the litigants, you would bring everyone in, and the great of the the greatest of the Dayanim, he would speak up and state the verdict. He would say, Ish Ish Hayav. He would say, Shimon, you're Hayav, and Reuven, you're Patur. What's that proving for us? That's proving for us that the Gadol Shabbatayanim, why is he the one who's speaking the verdict? It's him. He's the one everyone looks to. As a result, it's for him to say, this case is closed and we're not discussing. Oh, he's so haughty. Not haughty. Responsibility. That's his role in this circumstance. To very briefly summarize what we discussed in this Gemara, several disparate issues. First and foremost, we finished those derashot. We talked about a derashav, the importance of the encyclopedic knowledge. It's important to have that knowledge, like Rav Yosef, the Sinai, before you enter into a conversation. Furthermore, we talked about what is it about discrepancy, Hineta Hama, after Hineta Hama, during Hineta Hama, discrepancy specifically with regards to hours. Any other discrepancy would not be one which we would just say, okay, we'll accept those Dianim. Furthermore, we talked about when one of the Talmidim speaks up 
and we're machnisim otan. We have them seated together with the dayanim, only for that day or even beyond that day for the whole case. It depends, as the Beraita told us, whether uh, they were right, whether they actually had something to add or not. They had something to add, you keep them on for the duration of the case. If not, otohayom, that's what our Mishnah was talking about. Why wine is why is wine inappropriate? We quoted the Pasuk from Mishle. Rozenim, when you're dealing with divre razim, secretive matters, the secret of existence. Tosafot says specifically dinen afashot, maybe suvehiter as well, supplementing from the Gemara and Eruvin, no wine appropriate. Dinen amonot, not rozenim, maybe then it could would be appropriate, again, provided that you're not actually intoxicated, you're not drunk. The continues the Gemara, if you recall. The Gemara then talked about what happens if after you went through the whole case and you tried to figure out, but there was a standstill, uh, ultimately speaking. They couldn't come to a supermajority, a two guilty, or even a one innocent. What's the halakha? The Gemara said, Patur, the Gemara said, you let the person off. The Gemara then continues and said, why don't you do that even before deliberation? Says the Gemara, we don't want it to be look mi'urbav. We don't want it to look wrong to people on the outside. Said the Gemara, why don't you do it even at 23? The Gemara said, indeed, according to Rav Yosef, excuse me, Rabbi Yosef, from the time of the Mishnah and Beraita, you would stop it at 23. Lastly, the Gemara talked about this halachav nizdakin hadin. The Beraita ostensibly had this halachav nizdakin hadin, specifically by Dine Mamonot and not by Dine Nefashot. The Gemara had two ways of interpreting it. Either it means Kash Dina, we're uncertain, in which case we flip it and we say we apply that to Dine Nefashot, we'll open up the case. Excuse me, we'll, we'll say we're uncertain as a result, let off the guy. If it's 36 versus 35, for example, you don't have a super, we're uncertain, he's Dakenadin, it's too high for us. As a result, we end the case, as opposed to by, by Dine Nefashot. Alternatively, the Gemara said, it means Hacham Dina, quite the opposite. We're so certain about this, we're not open to new suggestions. We know that's not the halakha by dinen fashot. By dinen fashot, we don't say hacham dina. By dinen fashot, we don't say we got this right. Even if we're walking him, the Mishnah of Beraita, the Gemara will tell us uh, and did tell us that if you're walking him to be killed, you still listen. The Gemara later on will tell us to people who have a way to be melamed zechut that you would have by dinen fashot. The Gemara challenged each of these approaches, and the Gemara ultimately speaking left us with one last message with regards to what betin is and how we determine who's responsible for Betin, much like many other social and law systems, it's the Gadol who's most responsible. He is the focal point, he's the individual everyone looks at as a result. It's his responsibility to say, it's his responsibility to say to the people involved in the case, in the ultimate final verdict, we finished with this, the fifth Perek of Masechet Sanhedrin, Mabruk, Baruch Adonai Amen, Amen.